Hey guys, Tom Laird, voice of advice from a call center geek, CEO at Expedia. Hey, the podcast is brought to you by Expedia Interaction Marketing. We are a 600-seat call center outsourcer. I would love to talk to any of you looking to outsource any of your customer support or your sales functions, looking for political calling or, or just some extra overflow during the holiday season. If you are looking for any type of USA outsourcing support, hit me up. You guys know my LinkedIn. I'd love to talk. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Advice from a Call Center Geek, the Call Center and Contact Center podcast, where we're trying to give you some actionable items to take back in your contact center, improve the overall quality, improve the agent experience, hopefully improve the customer experience as well. My name is Tom Laird. I am the CEO here at Expedia Interaction Marketing. Expedia is a 600-seat call center outsourcer working for lots of different clients, handling a lot of different customer service issues and a lot of different channels. Uh, here in uh, in northwestern Pennsylvania, I have a episode. I'm I'm kind of excited about. You know, the last episode we did was a interview with with Nice CX1 CEO Paul Jarman, and, and really talked about some of the you know, the the macro of the industry, right? And in, in, in some of the trends and some of the different technologies and where AI is and, and speech analytics. But I wanted to kind of get back to the core roots. You know, after we do an interview like that of, of kind of digging a little bit into the weeds and, and trying to improve your contact center. One of the things that I do when I go consult is I ask a ton of questions. And those these questions, you know, are constantly evolving. We we did do a podcast, I think it was like the 25 or 23 questions that I, you know, consistently ask when we go consult. And these are also the questions that I ask in my internal center to my supervisors, to my staff, to our management team to make sure that, you know, we're constantly kind of evolving, you know, who we are, we are, that we're all on the same page and and that we can kind of go execute as a as a team. So if you are not following me on LinkedIn, this is the week to do it. Again, my uh my LinkedIn just look look me up Thomas Laird and make sure you're following. Um, I'm gonna be posting for the next week about four to five times a day a ton of these new questions that I'm asking when I'm consulting, when I'm asking again, my staff. And I think I want to get you to think as we're kind of heading into fourth quarter, heading into the end of the year here, you know, how are you going to be better next year? How are you going to be better as we're getting into the kind of the holiday season for a lot of you retailers? This is kind of peak season, right? Make sure that, you know, we have some of these things that maybe you, know, you haven't thought about in a while and you're in your center and making sure that, you know, we're at a, a place where again, we can all go focus and, and go attack the, the job at hand as a team. So this is some of that I picked that I think are the most important and I want to kind of elaborate a little bit more than I can I can do on LinkedIn and just a post on on some of these. So you know, I, I have 13 of these here that I want to talk to you guys about and and get you to think, right, of of how how these questions affect your contact center. How would you answer these if if you know, I was consulting and sitting across from you. So this is a really I think a really good exercise in in trying to improve some of the almost the the soft skills of the management team. And I'm not talking soft skills like how they're, you know, what word choices they're using, but, you know, really how they're interacting with people, how the, how kind of the underlying culture is, is kind of being formed. And I think, you know, hopefully this gives you some, some meat and potatoes to almost build a plan here to, to improve. So number one is really, you know, what is tolerated? And I have here on your contact center floor, but now that we're, a lot of us are virtual like us, Right. How, still, what is being tolerated? What is not tolerated? We all need to be on the same plan here, right? Supervisors and your management team cannot all have their own rules for certain things. 
Now, that doesn't mean we have to be super strict if that's not your culture, or it means we have to be super strict if that's your culture, right? But, you know, for example, like what happens, really, what really happens right now in your contact center if a rep shows up or logs in a half hour late, 35 minutes late, 10 minutes late? I'm not giving you the answer for that because I don't know what your culture is, but we need to make sure that we understand and the reps understand what really is going to happen with that. Is it a no tolerance if you're five minutes late, it's a write-up? Or is it, hey, you know, where our culture basically says, you just make sure that you're here, you know, let us know what's going on. If you're late, you're late. And that's totally fine too, right? But have a plan, train your management team, have them all understand, and then make sure that you train your reps too, that they, I always really believe in, and I, and I hate using like the stick words, right? Like I'm more of the... <laughs> a softy in, in trying to, I guess, empower through positive reinforcement than the negative, but, you know, make sure that they understand the consequences that your associates say, you know, they understand that if they're 30 minutes late, this is probably going to happen. It's not a surprise for them and it's not bad HR or bad management. It's just, this is kind of what we are. And this is how with so many people, how we have to keep control. So that's, that's something I think is really important to think about. Make sure that you have a, a structure, you know, for that. Number two, have you really talked to HR about the type of individuals you want in your center? I have gone, I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this because we have full podcasts on hiring and culture and, and those types of things, but I still see it all the time when all you guys are doing is hiring people because you need to get them in the door, especially right now when associates are so hard to find and jobs are so hard to fill that you're just pulling anybody you possibly can. Hey, they got a little bit of experience. And listen, I, I get if there's a you know an emergency and we got to do things, but when we're doing our regular hiring, make sure that your HR team understands the type of individual. Do they want more team players? Do we want more individuals? Do we need salespeople? Do we need more service people? Um, do we need somebody who's very quick on their handle time and they're you know they they need to have a, a little bit more of a computer skill? Think about all those types of things. What type of individual do you want in your center? not just somebody who's done call center work before. And when you can define that, you can find those people. And, you know, it's not so much of a needle on the haystack is this person going to work. You're just improving your odds of having a good customer experience at every level when you can kind of define and see what type of individual that that you want. That's a really huge piece of, of having a really good center. I think, you know, for us too, I really enjoy this. And maybe I harp on a little too much because we are a BPO. And the really one of the cool aspects of our job is every client has a different culture, right? Their internal culture, right? We might have a really cool, like, you know, t-shirt and skateboard and surfboard company that we're working with that they want some just younger, hip kind of kids, right? That we can hire that can use some cool language on the phone, like, yeah, man, and that's cool, right? And then we have financial services and banking clients that we need a specific individual with, with almost a specific culture of how we talk. And I think I've really seen that and seen the difference in the types of individuals that we're looking for for clients. So if you can really define that, you know, you're going to be way ahead of the game and your turnover is going to be much better too. I really like this next one, number three. Number three and number four, I'm going to kind of, I guess, put together here. But, you know, how do people speak to each other? What is allowed to be spoken? And the, the fourth one here is, is what does, how does your management team treat their peers? And I think they kind of both go together. So, you know, how, how does your supervision, how do they discipline? 
what are the some of the words that they're allowed to use? What are some things you can't use? Like we're not talking about swearing or or things like that, but you know, what is the just the overall tone of of how people are treating each other? I think that's really important of, of of making sure that, especially from a management level, that they're setting the tone for treating people properly. I think kindness kills, right? It's it's just it does so much for you to set the tone. I mean, I've had even myself, I've had supervisors that have worked under me. I've had people who who I have worked for that were jerks. That just kind of ruins culture. And I've had some amazing people, and I try to be. I don't try to yell ever. I try to talk things through. I found that when I do yell or when I lose it, I lose focus on really what my my whole plan is. And I, <laughs> I look probably feel like an idiot. So make sure that you kind of, you talk that through with your management team. You talk that through with the floor. What what are some of the things, even if you're using Slack now and you're IMing, right? What are some of the things that you can say on there? What can't you say on there? Is there no political things? Is a, you know, you know we, we have a strict rule of, of no religion, um, nothing political, and now we're not talking about the the virus, right? And we're not talking about vaccines because it's just dividing, and it can really hurt your your overall culture. And the same thing with that. And this maybe is, goes a little bit more when everybody's in house, but I really love to focus on how does the management team treat their peers, right? Are are is your management team? Or do you have a specific supervisor that's always talking down on other supervisors? Do they think that they they are the you know end all be all and everybody else is below them? That rubs off on your reps, all right? So take account of how certain people are talking to their peers, and the reps pick up on that, right? And that can be a downfall of your center too. So when you know you have Susie supervisor who's talking bad on Jim supervisor, the reps on that. You know, normally we'll take Susie's side and they'll think the same thing about Jim. So if somebody gets moved to Jim's team, right, they've, she's already kind of undermined him and, and undermined the, the kind of the core structure of your center. So, again, that's an important kind of piece of this, too, that a lot of people really don't think about. All right. The next one is, are you engaging your floor leaders, right? Whether you are a supervisor yourself or whether you're more of a, a manager, you know, are there daily meetings? Um, are you talking about new trends? Are you talking about what people should be doing on soft skills? Do you send articles? Um, are you trying to talk to them on how they can advance? You know, having a really engaged middle management staff makes your life easier. And if you are in middle management right now and your your higher ups are not doing that, start to do that yourself. You know, we have a supervisor here that just, you know, went on and on his own, you know, started a customer service tip Slack channel. And again, we're using Slack. So when anybody of the supervisors, you know, find something that's cool or even something that maybe a rep said, they can throw that in there and we kind of all kind of learn, you know, as a, as the whole. So I think, you know, engaging your floor leaders is a, is a huge piece of this. All right. The next one kind of goes back, I guess, early and it's about being consistent, but hey, are you tolerating, you know, poor attitudes, lack of effort? Again, you guys know, very well that that's the core principle of, of Expedia and our company and our culture is attitude and effort. So, you know, we we can't tolerate that if, if we're going to say that that is our that is our culture. Look at that and and I think I put that more there not to be specific on attitude and effort, but what do you do when when you have defined your culture and somebody is kind of going against it? What are the what are the rules or or what is the again the consequences of that? If you let it go, then you don't have a culture, right? So make sure that, you know, we've talked so much about defining culture. I didn't want to bring that up here again, but you need to understand as well. And as a management team, know what you're going to do 
whether again, that is they can't be on the phone, they're going to be suspended. Uh, we pull them and we kind of get them, try to make a couple jokes first. And then if they still don't do it, then we, we, uh, you know, we send them home for the day. We let them go have a cigarette. Like what, what, what do you do when you have somebody who's kind of going down that path? Don't let every supervisor just have their own willy nilly way to approach it. Have a defined set of kind of principles to, to make sure that you're, you're doing that. All right, next one. What do you do when, when something good happens, right? What do you do like when you have a really high QA score that comes out, right? So you know, Susie or Jim or Jane, they get a hundred percent. They just killed it. The, they got a raving fan from a client who then went on Facebook and said, this service was amazing, right? What do you do with that? How is that defined? Do the reps know that they're going to get a, you know, $25 in a balloon and a certificate? You know, what do you do? The reps should, should want to have that happen to them. What is something really cool that you can have? And again, that's defining not only what consequences are, but what, what awesome things are too, to make sure that the reps really, you know, enjoy it and, and, and really like it. As I'm kind of getting down here to the last four or five, what do you, how are you correcting your reps? I talk about this a lot, but I think it's that important, right? We always talk about that. We are celebrating awesome things on the floor or right now in a group chat, right? We're making sure that we get the word out that we are ecstatic that that just happened, right? And anytime that we're coaching, anytime that we're correcting, that can never be done publicly. It always has to be done privately, no matter what, even if it's the rep's third time that they've made the mistake, you will lose respect from everyone if you're if you're just kind of outing people in public. So make sure that again, I think it's a really big piece of culture that we're training and and coaching and correcting off the floor or in private, uh, in a in a one on one IM, and we're celebrating awesome things um, with the group so that the group only thinks that good things are happening. Right? I mean, it's almost like a mental thing. I mean, they know that there's some correcting going on, but really all they see is the positive. And I think that that has an effect on, on, on your overall contact center. All right. The next one is, do your supervisors all manage differently? Now, I'm not saying that everyone's got to be a robot because we all have our own personalities, but make sure again, this goes back to the consistency thing that you don't have a supervisor. That's like, you know what, Janie, I'm going to let this one go now. Granted, if maybe Janie is the top rep, and there are exceptions to every single rule, but if you notice that that is a trend that, you know, the, this specific supervisor just kind of lets those things slide, right? And again, you will have problems then when they get moved to a different team. Um, you will have problems with supervisor versus supervisor, right? One will be known as the strict one and this one's the fun one. And that causes an issue too. So you really got to try to stay consistent with how you're coaching, how you're, how you're, executing the plan, but making sure that everyone is on the same page with, with that. All right. The next one, are you in, investing in, in your associate education or are you saying that my call centers, quote unquote, we're too busy, right? That's what I hear all the time. Tom, we can't do that. We can't pull reps for a half hour to go over soft skills. We're way too busy. We have so many calls in queue. Then I'm going to say that you're, you're not scheduling people properly, right? We have to make sure that, you know, we can, we can have 15 minutes a week, you know, we try to do an hour and only get at least 45 minutes of every single rep getting at least a piece of weekly education, right? Talking about soft skills, talking about, you know, something new with the program. We try to stay away from program real specific things and, and really want to focus more on, 
you know, things to say when this things come up and scenarios and role playing, right? Not really just training on a program, but how do we make them better in their, their daily execution with that? And the only way you can do that is actually taking the time, ripping the bandaid off. Don't say you're too busy and, and, and do some, some extra education with the supervisor, with, with a trainer. All right. Last two here, right? So this is number 12. Are you taking the time to onboard properly? And in most places, I would say that that is a no, right? And it goes two ways. Number one, you're probably doing it too quickly because you're underwater, because you're hiring, because you have attrition, and you need to get people on the phone as quickly as you can. But then that's a vicious cycle because when you do that, then you're going to lose that person and you're back to where you started. And second of all, what we're training normally isn't the best, right? We're just training what to click, where to click, where to go. We're not talking about culture. We're not talking about soft skills. We're not having fun in training. Uh, we're not taking the time to role play a lot. Uh, we're trying to just manage dollars and cents. But you know, again, that's the, the penny wise dollar foolish thing. When you don't do it properly, when you don't engage them to the point where they're starting to love the company, love what they're doing, and fully understand what they're doing, you're going to lose that person. So make sure that you're asking yourself, are we training and onboarding properly? And how can we do that better? And the last one, and this is always the last question I ask when when we're consulting is, you know, I ask the manager, do you really love your job, right? And I know that sounds, I don't know, maybe frank, but sometimes I'll have, you know, people say, absolutely, you know, I want to make this place awesome. It's going to be great. And then I'll, some people would be like, no, I, I do, I do. You know, no one ever says no. But the, and when, when I hear that, you know, there's, there's issues, right? Because that rubs off, right? Because it's a lot of times it's people just kind of going through motions, trying to go somewhere else. They're not really in it for the, you know, a hundred percent, you know, fully committed to making this thing better. Now that can change over time, but at that second, you know, that's, that's something that I would bring up and I would talk to them about. And we'd probably have our own session of, of, you know, just trying to get them to, to kind of recommit. And I think you should ask your supervisors that, right? And, and and feel what kind of vibe do they have on their team? Are they the right person for it? And just because they may not, that might not be they have to be fired or let go, but maybe there's a different position. Maybe they should go to QA. Maybe they should go back on the phones. Maybe they should, you know, go to maybe an, an analytics position. Or not everybody's kind of that people, people type person. So that's another kind of question. So again, I hope that that helps. I hope that that gets you at least thinking. Uh, again, follow me on LinkedIn. I'm going to do a ton of these all week. There's, you know, I think I have over 50 questions that we're going to ask. Um, also, make sure that you follow the uh, LinkedIn, um, our LinkedIn channel, which is Call Center Tips and Tactics, um, which is a LinkedIn group. And uh, I think we're going to be doing some some kind of, I don't say exercises, but I'm going to put some extra content in there to to give you some things to maybe take with your your team and, and try to help as well. So. Again, I hope everybody uh, has a good week, and I will talk to all of you next week.